1: Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. We are back. It is a new year. We are podcasting live from a dark room, but there are people skating on the ice rink uh, downstairs from our office, so I guess it's not all bad. Greg Smith is joining me today on the first podcast of 2019. Greg, man, how are you? How are the holidays?
0: I am excellent. New year, new pod. Um is is what this is. New Um, Year's same pod. Huh?
1: New Year's Same Pod.
0: Okay, New Year's Same Pod. All the
1: same all the same cast of characters.
0: Um the holidays were good. It was relaxing. Got to get away a little bit, go down to SEC country, which is really funny. Um there were some great discussions had on Christmas about um people up here and their perception of the SEC. Ooh. Okay, let's talk about that. Fantastic. So I don't even know how we got there. Um, one of Kim's family members, my wife, was like, "Hey, what do you, like what do you guys think of the SEC up there?" And I honestly said, Dude, "Like, do you want me to?" Tell you for real, or <laughs> do you want me to kind of sugarcoat this? Um, I've been in the family long enough where I feel like I can tell the truth. But hey, we had to double check just in case. Um, and so I told them, uh, you know, about the how people here think it's weird that they are SEC pride over everything, especially once we get to the bowl game situations. Which, by the way, they denied. At first, until I said, I, let's go around the room and see how many of you are cheering for Alabama to win the national championship. And they all, except for one, said yes. And there were a bunch of people in there, so I had to confront them on their bias there. And they're um, from Mississippi, too. Right. They don't even like the— like, They should was not another, be rooting for They Bama. should not be rooting for them. But it was weird because I saw so much Alabama gear um, down there. Like I mean, a lot. Of Alabama gear, people jumping on the bandwagon. So that was really strange.
1: My dad texted me during the Georgia during the Sugar Bowl and said mm. that he was rooting for Texas just because of the Big Twelve. And I'm like, No, shut no, that we shit don't down. Do,
0: now we don't do that. Not even places. for not especially <laughs> not for Texas. No, no. That's why it was so weird. that, was like with people here like our Nebraska fans trying to figure out who they should root for in that Nobody game. Nobody was rooting for yeah. Iowa against <laughs> Mississippi State. It was, no. That was not happening. No, and see, and that was kind of my baseline for that. Like, would I, though Mississippi State is different because I do kind of hope that they win just because my wife's family has so many Mississippi State fans and grads in it. Um, but yeah, they were kind of perplexed at that. They thought it was just Big Ten fans hating on the SEC um, until I explained to them also that, you know, you guys set up your conference rules so that you can like game the system more power to you, Mm -hmm. but that's what's really happening. They did not agree with that portion of it, but it was it was a spirited debate um and, and a lot of fun uh had by all. It's also always funny because they just don't think of like say Nebraska football very much. So when they find out like how prominent it is or like how much money the athletic department makes or anything like that, they're always surprised. Like I'm like, guys, we're not like Mississippi State up there, <laughs> like it's this, like it's a legitimate top tier program. Like they're just on hard times right now. So yeah, it's it's always really fun. Well, yeah. yeah, it was a good time. You know how many people?
1: I okay. I spent my holidays in uh, Oklahoma and a couple of days here, and then I was in Chicago. You know how many people asked me when I when I said I was from Nebraska, like. Like every Uber driver I had was like, "Oh, Nebraska! I had some rough couple, rough couple years." <laughs> and it's like this—the this state of Nebraska is just tied up in the football team. Yes. And then like everybody that was that knew stuff about football was talking to me about, it and they're like, "How good do you think they're going to be?" And I'm like, "I think they're going to be good." Like people are just waiting. And I had one guy say to me that he's like, "It feels like the state has been dormant for a couple of years, and they're starting to wake up now." And I think a lot of people are going to be very, very annoyed when the state wakes up.
0: Yes, and I've, I've, I've maintained that. I want to put that on record here as well, is that if slash win, Nebraska gets good, people are going to be really annoying, but I'm going to cheer them on silently because I think they have deserved, they they deserve will deserve it. it from all of the crap that they've taken, particularly when that thing turns against Iowa. It's going to be insufferable, but you guys have earned it when it happens.
1: I'm just going to sit back and just watch with like the, the silent but approving dad nod. Yep, I'm with you everybody does it. Okay, I want to talk to you about the bowl games. Yep. Um Big Ten sent nine teams. Uh, yeah, nine teams. They were five and four uh, in those bowl games. They had wins over number nine, Washington in the Rose Bowl. That was Ohio State. Number 17, Utah in whatever bowl game that was. That was Northwestern. Uh, the Iowa Holiday beat, Bowl. Netflix. The Holiday Bowl, yep. There you go. Iowa beat uh, Mississippi State. Number 18, Mississippi State. And then, obviously, Wisconsin shut out Miami. Uh, that game terrible brutal uh and minnesota beat georgia tech so only the sec had more wins over ranked opponents uh this bowl season they had four uh the big 10 had three and with the title game still left to play so the sec and the acc are playing um the sec six and five the big 12 was four and three the acc was five and five and the pac-12 is done at three and four so i think we could safely probably safely assume that the acc is going to finish five and six yeah i' I'd assume that so the big ten with a five and four record would be the second best. Was there any any big ten result that you saw either watch the game live or saw box score score afterwards and were shocked by it?
0: um I actually I was surprised that Iowa won. That game. Um, the way that that game started off, it looked like kind of how I feel Iowa looks like when they play teams that actually have athletes and good athletes on the, especially on the defensive side of the football mm-hmm. where Mississippi State was swarming to the football. Iowa had a really tough time moving the ball um, and then it flipped <laughs> and Iowa was able to get some stuff done but that one surprised me um, and just quickly the one that did not surprise me was the Ohio State game. Um, though I felt like it was closer, um, we were talking about this off pod, um, I felt like it was closer than kind of people were letting on it was on social media, because I was also following it on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ohio State, it was not a surprise that they won that game. I thought that Washington was overmatched, and I thought the Pac-12 was really bad this year, pretty mm-hmm. down. Um, but th- that was, it was still pretty interesting. And then as an offshoot, the coverage of Urban Meyer's last game was kind of sickening, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that was usually the case. Let's talk about the Ohio State game in a second,
1: because that kind of leads into a broader discussion about the playoffs that I want to get into. Okay. Um, so there were a couple... Iowa won that game with 199 yards of total offense and negative 15 rushing yards.
0: How many times so are you going to
1: win a football game, let alone a bowl game, when you have negative rushing yards?
0: You should not. <laughs> like, that should not have been a thing. I feel like um, the Bulldogs are definitely kicking themselves for that.
1: Okay, so here's here's also one more point I want to make on that game. Th- this is also why I hate it when we draw conclusions about... Um, you know, like power ranking conferences, or like which mm-hmm. conference is better, or which conference is deeper, or blah blah blah. I hate those conclusions that we draw from bowl games because how do you how do you win a game with negative fifty? You don't win a game with negative rushing yards. The way you do that is by you you get matched up with a team that doesn't really give a shit about being there. Yeah, they don't really care, and you, you, like you can see that in the Georgia Texas game. Like Georgia didn't want to be in that game.
0: That like, was such a weird. That one was it was very very apparent that they didn't want to be there, there. was a very lack of his when
1: that game started and, and we're gonna be like okay texas is back and the big 12 you know the, the powers that be in the big 12 can beat the sec and whatever other random stuff twitter user a is coming up with but like you can't really draw anything from that game because they didn't want to beat when one team wants to play and the other team doesn't there's no conclusions that can be made from that game
0: you know what's interesting real quick aside to bar on that that i i saw a good discussion on twitter about should georgia is georgia already at the stage where they should not care about being in that game no. It, it, right, and that's what I, I I found that really interesting. I thought that that was a pretty good way to approach that because I'm with you. I totally agree. They didn't care, mm-hmm. um, and you could tell. But I don't think that they're at the point in their program, like not just their history, because their history just is not as great as they would have you believe. But also just in where Kirby Smart is at in building that thing. Um, I think to me, it, if I'm him, I'd be very very disappointed that the team didn't care. About that game because we needed That to continue to springboard And build to where we're ultimately trying to go Which is an actual national championship program Well what's the record in big games now They lost the SEC
1: title game They lost that LSU game that they really needed They've lost the Sugar Bowl You obviously blew the national championship game How how many big wins does Kirby have on his resume Is it the one The the Rose Bowl victory Over Oklahoma Is that it? Probably Off the top of my head yeah uh, okay, let's talk about the two blowouts okay. because both of them were Big Ten versus SEC, and I think especially in the, the Auburn-Purdue game, um, there was a very noticeable difference in not just size in the line of scrimmage but overall speed and athleticism at the skill position players. It, uh, Purdue looked like they didn't belong on the same field, and I think both teams wanted to play that game. Like yes. Purdue wanted to win that game because, you know, proof that, didn't make the wrong decision. And Auburn obviously had a reason to play for because Gus Malzahn is on the never-ending hot seat. Um, but that game, Auburn 586 yards, 7.8 yards a play, they had 17 chunk plays, no turnovers. They had the ball for more, uh, for 10 minutes more than Purdue. They it just looked like that when we talk about recruiting, like that's the difference between those two conferences right now. Like they just they were bigger and they were faster. Did you get that same kind of thought watching them
0: yes absolutely like there was there was a major difference especially especially on the line scrimmage Mm -hmm. like watching and 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 noticed it right away in the game watching Auburn's defensive line get after Purdue Mm -hmm. whether it was harass the quarterback or watch a one of their defensive linemen chase down Rondale Moore like there was a lot of like you just looking okay they're a little bit different on the lines but I would also add another reason why Auburn was ready to play that game is because they had it last year where people people accused them of not being wanting to be in that game with UCF and losing that game, though I feel like they played much harder in that game against UCF than, say, Georgia did against Texas. Like, I think that there was a difference there. I think the Auburn one was an excuse last year. I think the Georgia one was an actual reason this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, you could definitely tell um, a big-time difference. And that is actually my question about Purdue going forward is if they're going to be able to uh, accumulate enough quality athletes to really play at a top-end level. Not just, you know, not taking putting them to the side of the whole playing against an SEC opponent or playing against a team like Auburn, um, but even against the elite teams in the Big Ten. I think that they will still struggle, even though they upset Ohio State this year. Um, just on average, they'll struggle, even with as good of a coach as Jeff Braum is.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so the Peach Bowl now. And this one was number 10, Florida. Number 7, Michigan. Michigan was... I mean, I said this, there were a lot of people, Michigan was one of the best four teams in the country until the last week of until the season, they and they got blasted <laughs> by Ohio State, and now here we are in the Peach Bowl, and they're getting blasted by Florida. Did this say more about where Florida's at in terms of its rebuild under Dan Mullen, or did it say more about, I guess, the psyche of Michigan? Like, they look like a broken team almost. They weren't... It wasn't a case of being so much smaller like Purdue was. Michigan is huge, especially on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They just got they got manhandled
0: in a lot of ways. To me the I know a lot of people. It felt like went the Michigan way that it said more about them. I didn't think that. I actually think it says more about Florida because I think in a real sneaky way, Dan Mullen has done a great job down there very quickly. Um, and you look, and I feel like we're going to look up, and they're going to be contenders. Like Florida to me is a team that is definitely, definitely on the rise um, that we need to watch out for in the national discussion going forward. I think it said more about them and where they're at and going. Okay, so. Obviously, Michigan did not have uh, Rashawn Gary or Devin Devin
1: Bush on on the right. defense, and they did not have Crown Higdon, who was a big big part of their uh-huh. offense um, at running back. What does this say about Michigan? Is this an indictment on Jim Harbaugh because he's now he's now one and three in bowl games? He still has yet to beat Ohio State. He hasn't won a Big Ten title. Like, is this more about him? And maybe it maybe it might be time to put him on the hot seat, or maybe it might be time for him to start looking at some of those NFL head coaching openings. Or does this say more about? I don't know. Michigan was just overmatched with some guys out.
0: I don't think they they should not have been that overmatched. Even when, and those guys are really good. Like I don't minimize um, how good those players that they were missing are. Um, but I think this says something about Jim Harbaugh in that where does he go from here, right? So a bunch of those guys, those guys that were missing from that game will all be gone next year, right? Yeah, they're all declared. And they will have more (laughs) that also um, end up declaring and leaving as well. So where does he go from here? And that's my big question for Michigan is, is that as those guys leave that defense, and remember he inherited a whole bunch of NFL talent on that defense to begin with, and then had more sitting behind them, which is kind of amazing how much talent they've cycled through on defense particularly. Um, I would not be encouraged if I was a Michigan fan about the future of that program. They're going to still be pretty good, um, but I don't know if they're going to get to the elite level with him. And if I'm him, I would take a little peek at some of these NFL jobs, but it's a strange thing in that, even though he went there, it doesn't feel like he's going to be there for life. Like, it feels like he has no desire. I don't know. Maybe it's everyone projecting on him, but it feels like he has no desire. And, like, if he left, that we would not be stunned versus, say, here with Scott Frost. If Scott Frost left here for an NFL job in two years, people would be stunned. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you just don't get that sense with Jim Harbaugh.
1: No, I think this was their best team. This was the best team that he has had, mm-hmm. and they are losing a ton of pieces. And this was also one of the worst Ohio State teams that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, And they, they got obliterated. They got embarrassed by Ohio State. Like, And, and <laughs> given what Ryan Day has done, he brought in Mike Yurcich to, to coordinate the passing game. He got Justin Fields from Georgia. Like, I mean, they're, they're trending up. They
0: they've got a weird. So, what are they going to do with their defensive staff? Because they're losing, to Alex, Grinch they're losing Alex Grinch. to Oklahoma. Every time I look up, Greg Schiano is linked to something else. <laughs> so we, I don't know I, what they'll, he's they'll doing. But then, yeah, and I agree, they'll get someone. But I'm, I'm just, I'm curious what happens with them long, like not, not even long term. Just over the next couple of years with Ryan Day and what effects there are recruiting-wise, going from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, but also just in-game coaching. Like, he has to be a heck of a coach to to live up to what Urban was doing in-game. Or even, I know, I think Urban said that he thought that Ryan Day would be better than Dan Mullen or something to that effect. He, that's a big leap as well, mm-hmm. like, to get him to that level. So I'm really curious to see how that all shapes out for him. By all indications from, like, people
1: that – uh report on the team and cover the team Ryan Day is like the next Lincoln Riley like and that's kind of what I keep hearing from Columbus and if that's the case I mean they're really I was because I was worried about that too because with Urban at Ohio State like he was kind of in a similar situation with what Nick Saban has at Bama where he's losing assistants constantly year after year but he just kept replacing them with really good guys and I was curious is that Urban and is that guys wanting to go coach for him or is that the allure of Ohio State and the fact that Urban retires, it's now Ryan Day's program, and Ohio State is able to pull Mike Yersich from Oklahoma State, who had an offensive coordinator title there. They get him for it's something like a hundred thousand dollar pay raise, mm-hmm. and he does not have an offensive coordinator title right. with the is he, Buckeyes. It's a quarterback's coach? Him. It's quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. Like it's a step amazing. down <laughs> in job title, and yet he ma- he made that move for a, a quote unquote unproven head coach. And I think that says more about uh, the job at Ohio State than it does anything else. So I don't know that I'm worried about them being able to piece together staffs. And I think they're still going to be able to recruit. Like they got Justin Fields.
0: They did and they did get a five star and Zach Harrison yeah. right before early signing period. So yeah, I we'll we'll see. I, I just I if I'm one of the other teams, like if I'm Nebraska, if I'm Penn State, um, even Michigan though, I don't know if Michigan's that'll still be enough for Michigan to then get over that hump and beat Ohio State. I'm at least encouraged that it's no longer Urban Meyer over
1: there. Yeah, no, you're encouraged and if if you're in the West you're a lot more optimistic than you are if you're in the East. Like Penn Yeah, because State, yeah. Yeah, like Penn State is now losing Trace McSorley and you know you're going to be two years removed from probably James Franklin's best team with Saquon and and Trace, and you still haven't won anything. And Michigan is obviously in the situation that Michigan is in, and I think Michigan State, I think Mark D'Antonio is like a year or two away from leaving that job.
0: Feels like it. But also the thing, too, is is if you can get in those one-game situations in the conference championship, if you're those teams in the West, you might now feel okay or even better about your chances. Because now, let's say, just for sake, that next year Ohio State goes back to the Big Ten championship, right? And it's now Ryan Day against say, Scott Frost, Scott Frost or Jeff Brom or Pat Fitzgerald. Like, these are coaches that are pretty good, yeah. right? <laughs> like, at, at the least, they're pretty good. So you, you feel good about your one-game scenario of trying to outcoach coach him, um, even if, now, unless he does turn out to be Lincoln Riley. Then you <laughs> end up in a situation where you're in the same spot. Um, but you have to feel at least good about taking your shot there. So it's interesting that you uh,
1: said Nebraska, Purdue, Northwestern. You did not include Wisconsin in that. Wisconsin won their bowl game thirty-five to three, and I did not feel any better about them after the bowl game than I did after their season wrapped up. This was a disappointing season for them, and like if you watch, if I, I don't know how much of that pinstripe new era bowl you watched because that is primetime television, uh, but like that quarterback play still did not look good. Like you've got Alex Hornibrook and you've got Jack. There's a realistic possibility that the freshman that they have coming in could start for them next year.
0: Graham Erts, him
1: yeah. over a senior Alex Hornibrook. Like, that's not a good situation.
0: No. No, it's not. And the thing that... And I feel like the reason I don't include Wisconsin is, one, I'm still not 100% sure how good of a coach Paul Christ is and how he's going to be able to kind of... Retool that situation, but the thing that really concerns me is they're losing guys from that offensive line, Mm -hmm. and at some point, and I know that they've been very good at replacing those guys, but at some point, you're going to have a slip up where now Jonathan Taylor cannot run for two thousand yards because he's not getting the holes that he's used to getting. Like that's just going to happen. Um, You're going to have some stretches where teams are able to tackle well, and that slows down the running game to then force either Hornibrook or Cone or Graham Mertz, whoever ends up being their quarterback next year, into. Trying to beat you, so I just don't. I think the rest of the division is catching up to them, Mm -hmm. um, as as they're also. It's weird; those other teams are getting better, but I feel like Wisconsin is getting worse Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, it's a bad combination for
1: them. What does Northwestern do? I'm way off topic, but what does Northwestern do without Clayton Dorson? Like, who's the next guy for them? Is it? They have. They have somebody. They have a
0: trans. They have a former transfer five star from Clemson, Hunter Hunter Johnson. Oh, he went there? Yeah, he went to Northwestern, so I think next year it'll be his job. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the the Rose Bowl specifically, because
1: this is the second straight season that Ohio State has been a Big Ten title, or a Big Ten champion, and been left out of the playoff. They were all upset about it. They felt like they deserved a spot over, say, Oklahoma. They get into the Rose Bowl, and they get up 28-3 on Washington, and, and everything you said from the beginning, Washington looked like just like what you expect from a Pac-12 team. They're just not on the same level as the other conferences. And then whether Ohio State let the foot off the gas or they got a little bit conservative with the play calling or what happened, I don't know. But Washington comes back and makes it a game, 20 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Does that – that, to me, that was like, yep, they made the right call, not including Ohio State. Did you – in, in the playoff discussion, did you get that same feeling, or do you agree with me or no?
0: I I didn't get that feeling only because I didn't feel like, like Ohio State needed to be in. I thought that the teams that got in were the teams that should have been in. So I so it just didn't occur to me in that way um, that Ohio State should have been in. And I didn't think I just didn't think that they should have been there. Should have put UCF in? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Could have put Washington in over UCF. Oh my god. No, why do you have to even know? <laughs> the second
1: Mackenzie Milton got hurt, they were done. Yeah, they were. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. no, it's not fine because I don't like that their season ended that way. But the, yeah, it
0: does that, stink for it to uh-huh. happen that way. Um, but, the
1: second he got hurt, you knew they weren't yeah, done.
0: But no, they they probably still would not have belonged. Okay, so well.
1: you didn't think Ohio State belonged? No, <laughs> no. I I didn't think they did either. One uh, one of the the guys that I was with uh, this weekend, he thought Ohio State absolutely belonged. They were. Over like, over Oklahoma? Over Oklahoma. Or no, over Notre Dame. They were playing like one of the four best teams.
0: I thought that, the, no, see here's my problem with the whole over Notre Dame thing. Is I feel like people saw the Notre Dame result and used that as why they shouldn't have been in versus looking at their body of work from the season. I thought they were a worthy team throughout the season to end up going. Like I just don't, I don't know that I feel like the people the amount of people that said that after the game versus before the game were vastly different.
1: There's another one of those those things that bothers me where you cannot use these bowl results as uh, proof for your arguments about you know X team belonged here right. or X team belonged here. My thing like my thing with Notre Dame I didn't think they belonged I thought they deserved a shot though because of the undefeated record. Yeah, agreed. Which, which is. They, you're undefeated. You get in. Yeah, and I it. never
0: had a. I never thought that they were going to win that game or anything like no. that. Um But again, I don't think. I think if you switch Ohio State out with Notre Dame, I think Ohio State would probably get blown out by Clemson. Too. Yeah, I think Clemson <laughs> like, would still win. So. I don't think this. I don't think the
1: two because the Alabama game started as a blowout. It wasn't technically a blowout, but it started as one. Yeah. I don't think those two results say anything about you know oh, the committee got those four teams wrong. I think they got the four teams right. I agree. It, it, I think it, it just says... Just ignoring Central Florida. I think yes. that says that you had two teams in college football this year that were going to contend for a national title, and then everybody else. And regardless of who you put in those final two spots, Alabama and Clemson were going to win both of their semifinal games handedly, and they were going to meet in the national championship. you could have said this... like. You could have said at the very first game of the season that Alabama was going to play for a national title, and you could have put all the money on it, and you probably would have lost money doing so. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that they're going to play for a national title. I think that says that doesn't like the bowl results. Like I thought, Notre Dame deserved to be there because they were undefeated, and I keep saying wins matter. You gotta have wins. So put Notre Dame in. But just because they got blasted, that does not mean that they did not deserve to be there. It just means that Clemson is a much better
0: team than they are. I could not agree with you more. Cool. (laughs) Like that. Excellent. Yes. But there were always going to be those two teams playing for Mm -hmm. the national championship. Always. Yeah. And so I, I feel like we. We knew that from the beginning. Um, And I am actually, like, as a part of that, I'm looking forward to seeing them play again because they are the two best teams. Um, And while I think that Alabama is cruising toward, what, Nick Saban's sixth championship... ridiculous uh i think that clemson is a worthy opponent for them because that defense is so good even though they have guys out with this weird PED situation yeah i'm kind of surprised dexter lawrence got suspended in the first place i thought it would have just been
1: like a you're not going to play the first quarter or something like that
0: i'm surprised that i don't think maybe i'm wrong here and see what you think do you think that that's getting less coverage than it should, then what I... Like, I feel like it's not... Like, like if that were an Alabama defensive lineman, do you think that that's a bigger deal, that you see that more? Because I feel like there's still this thing with Clemson where... Clemson has been in all these title games, too, but it doesn't feel like Clemson is thought of as a, like, actual big-time blue-blood program. Really? Yeah, like, I feel like there's something missing with them. Uh, As far as the national perception. I think
1: the exact opposite. I think the... The presence of Clemson and the ACC has boosted up the ACC status to this elite. Like people talk about the ACC as the
0: second best conference in football, and it is not. No, it's definitely not, and I've said that too. And like I, I've gotten about arguments about
1: that. <laughs> people say that they are okay. because of Clemson. Like you had Florida State and Louisville in that conference this year. Traditional power, not Louisville's not a traditional power, but yeah, they Florida, had been good. They man. had been good in the last couple of years, and they were. Awful, mm-hmm. and you were still talking about the a c c as the second best conference in football, and people were using Rutgers and Illinois to drag down the big Ten, like Clemson being there, I feel like Clemson has a a tremendous national standing
0: yeah. i I can go with that maybe okay. maybe I'm misreading the situation, but i because I totally agree that the a c c gets propped up by them when yeah. they should not yeah 100%. not at all
1: <laughs> um so so you, <coughs> excuse me, this was. Um, I think this was the perfect year to have if you were a proponent of the eighteen playoff because now everybody's talking about it, mm-hmm. and you've got like wonderful Greg McElroy showed us that like five lost and seven lost <laughs> and eight lost, so like the teams that you would have put in the eighteen playoff still lost their bowl games, but that was. Stupid that, in the first place. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Like so what? Oh, like yeah, they, it's so <laughs> Like
0: that they lost their games. They would. They're not in the same format. Like that's just weird. Like that whole situation was. Yeah, that was dumb. Like I know he thought he was making this grand point. You weren't. No. <laughs> so okay. No, he was not. Nice. Um.
1: So, but, but you had eight teams, and I think you had maybe four outside teams that were a little bit more deserving this year than in years past. Yeah. Do you? Where do you sit
0: on the the
1: eighteen versus fourteen playoff line?
0: I love the idea of doing eight, um, and to me, it needs to be. I think this is what Frost said too: was that the five conference championships and three at large bids, um, and so and and I with with uh, home with home games in that first round, um, which I think would be a I think that would be a really neat wrinkle to the whole thing because you just you could then get some pretty interesting matchups that you just don't normally see Mm -hmm. um, at some home fields, especially with some of those like Southern teams having to potentially come up to the North um, to play their games in what could be, you know, perilous weather could end up looking like the Michigan state game from this year, Um, which God, can you imagine like, well, it wouldn't be Alabama, but just to say Florida, Florida, Florida having to to come to Ohio state and play in that type of environment would just be great. Um, and it would give a lot of fodder for Big Ten fans. But no, I'd be in favor of that. I don't think that this year did anything for me to sway whether we should or shouldn't. I think people are using weird arguments to say both sides of it. Um, I just I think that we need to expand it. I have an issue
1: with uh, – because the, the, the Athletic had that story, like the power brokers in college football want eight now, and they're upset that UCF didn't get included after another undefeated season. That, to me – you just kind of, like, give a weird look. That, to me, is wrong. I feel like there are a bunch of upset ADs that they didn't get in the playoffs and read Ohio State with that because yes. that's, I'm pointing at them.
0: The Big Ten uh, needs to be— Delaney
1: is upset, yeah. yeah. I, and I see a bunch of upset ADs that they did not get into the playoffs that are like, oh, hey, let's use UCF as, like, our crutch to stand up. Yes. Like, I don't yes. like that. I, I, don't, I agree with you. Don't use them that way. Um, because you don't care about them. No, you like, do not Like, you really don't
0: care about UCF. Because if you
1: had one of those votes on the committee, you're not putting them in. Right. Um, so, I think that you need eight. But I do not want um, automatic bids for conference champions. Really? No. Well, I mean, what were we just talking about with Washington? There are the four conferences, and the Pac-12 is so much farther behind everyone.
0: But the problem is you can't have five power conferences in four slots because then you're going to always leave someone out why
1: Why are there five so here's my this i mean this gets back to my bigger issue with like the tiers in college football why is it power five the pac-12 is not and has not been on the same level as the other four why did we just arbitrarily come up with power five and group of five conferences
0: but then okay so you're in in favor of basically dropping the pac-12 here's what i'm from. in favor of and dirt chatlin actually kind of
1: tweaked it a little bit but i want four super conferences i want the pac-12 gone get rid of them dissolve it take all the teams out of it put four super conferences you can call them whatever you want to call them but Hmm. the big 10 the sec the acc and the big 12 put 16 teams in each and then you've got four and then you can make auto bids for an 18 playoff with three at large bids and the best group of five team or whatever there would be called at that point yeah that is the way – That that's what I want to
0: do. See, I don't want to <laughs> – this is sound bad. I don't want an automatic bid for that group of five see, Like, they need to have their own invitational. In my mind. <laughs> I don't want them in. And, like, and I, and sorry. <laughs> so just, uh, I, they
1: should just stop playing FBS football.
0: The American to, Conference should just go down to FCS, go down to Division Two. Do you – like, like I'm. They, to me, they don't need to be in because there is not – the problem is going to be if we change the system and we let, like, the, that group of five um, winner have an automatic bid, there will be years where that team is not UCF this year or last year or Houston from a couple of years ago. It's going to be like, you know, Tulsa from a few years back or something like that, where now that team is just the sacrificial lamb for – Probably still Alabama. Um, I don't want that. No, they don't need a bid. They can have an invitational, and then we can, you know, we get more football that matters because they can have their own playoff. Oh, more football that matters. Tell me the bowl games don't matter. <laughs> These bowl games matter.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is, what is, what's the, the worst, best G5 team over the last? five years. Like, that'd be something I would want to look into.
0: You now have an assignment for the rest of the Because
1: I don't know what it would be. Because you've had, I mean, you've had Boise that's winning consistently 10 games. You've had UCF. There's always one. The last that... year under George O'Leary they went to whatever it was, the Orange, Fiesta Bowl or the Orange, Orange, Bowl, Orange Bowl or something like that. It.
0: Is that Bortles?
1: Yeah, that was Bortles. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> He's good, then. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, I think, I think, like, I do. I, I just don't want automatic bids for the. Plus, I don't want an automatic bid for the Pac-12. The
0: but the re, you know the reason though that that has to stay um, is because USC eventually will be back. Will they? Maybe. Will they? <laughs> Maybe. But talk about having a, a team like we were talking about Clemson prop up the ACC. How long had USC been propping up yeah. the Pac-12? Here's
1: here's my thing with USC. I think Oregon right now has a better five year outlook than USC
0: does. They do, Chris especially Ball's considering really well. yeah, considering what he's doing on the recruiting trail and they got that extra. He turned down his alma mater mm-hmm. um, to stay up there. And mm-hmm. I think part of the reason he turned down Miami to stay there is that he knows that, too. He knows that their outlook is really good mm-hmm. and that the Pac-12 is really there to be taken, but no one's really grabbed it and just run, right? Even Washington this year wasn't undefeated. Um, they won the conference, but they still weren't ever really a legitimate threat, which you should be able to get someone in that conference to be a legit playoff threat just based on the fact that the teams aren't as good in yeah. the conference.
1: Well, it, it's also going to be wide open because everybody's everybody has forgotten that Chip Kelly is at UCLA and that they started 0-5 <laughs> and, and they are not 0-5. They did not finish that way. They finished mm-hmm. a lot better. I don't know what their record was, but... Uh, Washington is getting Jacob Eason, and Chris Peterson is still there. No. Like
0: there, there, yeah, are, there will Justin be Justin Herbert coming back. Justin Herbert's coming back. Morgan. There are decent
1: teams in that conference, but I just Cliff like, Kingsbury
0: going to USC.
1: Uh, he's going to be an NFL head coach in a month.
0: I hope he leaves. Like I'm really hoping that he takes like the Jets job. That'd be great. I I think lie. he'd be better as an NFL head coach.
1: Everybody wants him as an NFL head coach. Yeah.
0: they can't get Lincoln Riley, so they'll get Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't. Oh, yeah. Hey, Lincoln played that well. By the way, yeah, he did. Keep your name out there. Get yourself what another raise in another year. Well, they were <laughs> going to do that. They had way. to, yeah. but still. But I think that they also released the what I always find to be very a key component in this. They also said his assistant pool was going up too, mm-hmm. right? So I always I think that that is such a key component to what head coaches do, um, and it's always to me something to keep an eye on because everybody wants to be able to go out and hire guys like Alex Grinch, and um, you have to have the right assistant pool. To
1: okay, let's up. let's circle back to nebraska this is a question that you might not know the answer out the answer to but let's say frosty goes nine and three this year nebraska goes nine and three mm-hmm. does or is nebraska in a situation where the player pool or the the assistant pool raises
0: If for their current guys like do yeah. their current guys yeah. get raises yes but well because if they go ninety three, Troy can, Walters is getting looks, right? They can do it. Yeah, they can do it. Whether or not they would have to is a different story. But yes, they could do it. I think. The, I mean, the money is there. It's just okay. I would be curious to see if they would raise Troy Walters' pay, for example, or if Troy would want to go be a head coach. He but makes I, less than Chenander does. Yeah,
1: Chandler makes more than which surprised so. me. You you mentioned that a couple weeks ago, and that kind of surprised me.
0: But if they if the offense keeps playing as as well as the
1: offense has looked, they're going to have
0: to raise him at some point. The problem is is who get is the person that gets credit for the offense is Scott Frost. So like you're raising his pay just to keep up appearances. Like I don't know that it's a, it's an interesting question because I think that they oh I don't think it would be
1: just to keep up appearances. I think he's he's a very real part of that offense, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it's that's... just Scott Frost. Like, he, <laughs> I don't if it but was I just, just said... Scott, he wouldn't have brought
0: Troy with him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but who's the okay? But Troy doesn't call the play. No, Scott is definitely the brains behind. Yeah, the like he's thing. the, like, the brains behind bolt the options, of it. Yeah? But you're, and already, no you're no, already paying just it for in the case. Head coach. There's no disrespect to Troy Walters. Like, I think that you know he does stuff. But I'm just, but like the perception, and I think mostly reality is that Scott Frost runs the offense. So I don't know if you would raise... Okay, here we go. Let's see what seven. he does with Wando Robinson.
1: If Wando becomes a Blitnikoff finalist or a whatever the all-purpose... Yeah, like
0: Paul Horning Award yeah. and all that.
1: Or a, or a Heisman. If he gets in a Heisman conversation, If he, if give Jamie, Troy Walters a raise. If
0: Jamie Nance is a contributor. After if... you give Ryan Held a raise. Yeah, Ryan Hell is the first guy um, that will probably need to get a raise. in quiet uh, is cap. The next guy might be Greg Austin after that. Um, but, yeah, if the, it will actually – that's a perfect segue to something that I've been meaning to say to you. Troy Walters actually, I think, has a spotlight on him this year because now that Stanley Morgan is gone, you want, I, we just assume that JD Spielman will continue to get better and better because he's really good. Mm-hmm. But those other guys, like Mike Williams, Jerron Woodyard, you'll want to see with Wandale and Jamie Nance coming in, um, Javon McQuitty. I was like, gonna, just there's going to about be Trey I Walton. didn't forget him. <laughs> there, all of those guys will need to get better. And that's on Troy Walters. So we're yeah. going to see really quickly. But he won't get credit. The crappy thing for Troy, though, Adrian Martinez goes out there and orchestrates his offense beautifully next season. Troy Walters isn't getting credit for that. It would go to Frost and Verduzco before it would go to the offensive coordinator, which kind of stinks for him. But but that's public credit. As long as internally they know what he's doing, he's fine. I don't think the offensive coordinator ever gets credit for a quarterback.
1: It's usually the head coach or the quarterback coach. Yeah. Right like if, if the skill position guys do really well and the offense succeeds cuz like Verduzco gets a ton of credit for what Adrian does
0: already he does but also Verduzco is kind of a different
1: it's it's not a direct comparison you're right
0: yeah and he's just a he's such a force of nature that, like he just he just gets force treated a little bit he's differently but player. i watched you we know, of the the what's it i forget it was btn Originals or whatever mm-hmm. it was That they had him on I mm-hmm. watched that With my wife's family And they were like Fascinated by Mario Verduzco They couldn't get enough <laughs> Of like talking about him After that Which is what happens When you're introduced To Mario Verduzco Pretty much Yeah
1: um, Let's wrap this up With a little bit of Recruiting From you Just give yeah. some updates You got Big Red Recon Posted on site Go read that On the Um The Dedrick Mills Situation I wanted to talk to you About that one Just kind of What's going on there
0: so as most people know he was one of the he was the only surprise um, coming into the day or into the early signing period that did not sign um, and sent in his letter of intent Desmond bland was the only other commit that didn't sign but we knew that uh, coming in um, so when Mills did not sign people were surprised and a little concerned um, turns out that he had a little bit of a grade situation that he had to still clear up I still I think what happened was he didn't he didn't have enough transferable credits to come into nebraska therefore as he told me yesterday he's having to take a winter class and so he's having to finish that up but he did also say that he definitely is still committed to nebraska and he plans on enrolling this summer um which is great news for nebraska Mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens with desmond bland is he's still kind of cryptically tweeting out that he knows what he needs to do and He'll, he's going to get it done that sort of thing. So we'll is numbers.
1: Nebraska's reading is Nebraska operating under the assumption that he's going to be here and they're not recruiting to replace him or are they like worried that he's not going to make it?
0: Mills? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that they're operating under the assumption now that he will be in okay. Lincoln. He just won't Unfortunately, he won't be here what, in three days yeah. or in two days to yeah. report for uh, the spring semester, um, which stinks. It would have been really nice to have that. But as a running back, I think you can manage that, especially if the, the important note, and I made the comparison in recon to the Maurice More Washington situation, the difference is, is Mo came in even later mm-hmm. um, than Dedrick Mills will end up coming in. I think Mills will be here in May, I want to say May or June, versus, what, mid-August when also, Mo got in. Probably a little easier for a Juco guy to come in at running back. Yeah, he should already be in a little bit better shape coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that, I mean, that's a a big, like, you've written about this before. Like, they have plans to use him. Like, he's not just going to be... Depth in that backfield, like they have plans to use him. Is it gonna be similar to the way that they wanted to use Greg Bell, or like what are you hearing there?
0: I think it'll be similar to the way they use Divine Ozigba, whereas it'll be uh, he can run between the tackles, um, but also do other things as well. Divine was not just uh yeah, in the end, Divine was not just a between the tackles guy. He was breaking long runs off. He was until last season. But he, he was until last season, so it's still just an amazing story. Um even with that kind of being behind us, it is just incredible what happened there. But
1: yeah, he was your best player when we did the the best of Mm -hmm. 2018 thing he was uh, Greg's best player go read that and it was like Hard to argue with.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, but and plus, having having Mills, a guy who's a little bit more seasoned in that room, who's been around, who's played Division I football um, at Georgia Tech and was successful, that will also really help in the fact that that running back room is really young. <laughs> like Everybody's so young, so you need someone to be a little bit um, of a veteran presence in there. And plus, having that guy um, in the backfield that can run a little bit more between the tackles. Get, opens things up a lot for those other guys, um, which will be a lot of fun in this offense next year. Yeah. Good to be back. It is good to be back. We're
1: getting closer to. Uh, The start of spring football.
0: Well, we got the next signing day, and then right around the corner. You mean like the late signing period? Yeah, which now it doesn't feel like... It's technically the national signing day, and now it's just Yeah, but it's just the late period now. They should just rename that officially. Because it is... Because I say that all the time, and I see it all the time. um, Just the late period.
1: Teams filled classes back in December. Yes, it is. This is is not the national signing day anymore. No. Uh, Favorite holiday gift, or best holiday gift that you got?
0: Oh man, best holiday gift. Oh, well, uh, it'll be a combo gift because basically what we did um, was like right after National Signing Day or the late period, uh, we're actually gonna go on a trip to the Bahamas. So what we had our family do was instead of giving gifts, uh, just give us money for that Mm -hmm. or call our travel agent. And so everybody obliged, that has paid off. Um, And so that definitely be the best gift that I got. What was yours? Mine is like I got a I got a chocolate
1: Harry Potter wand. And it's so stupid. But I'm like (laughs) I was not ready for that. Do I eat this or do I like keep it as like a toy and play with it?
0: Is it I'm assuming it's it's wrapped up? Yeah, it's wrapped up in foil. (laughs) Interesting. But if you hold
1: on to it, like the heat from your palm is gonna melt it. It is or it isn't? It will.
0: You can't play you gotta eat
1: it. Here's the dilemma that I'm in, man. Do I eat it or do I play
0: with it? If I eat it, it's gone. I can't get it back. Bring it on Monday. We'll share it.
1: Okay. That's
0: not the best one. <laughs> Is that not the best solution? <laughs> I mean, no, if it was me, I'd, I'd just play with it. Like, the, not eat it.
1: The fiance knitted me a beanie, and it's pretty cool. Okay. And so that one, like we like made gifts for each other this year because we're both broke. Also because I had to pay for a wedding ring. Uh, Wait, but
0: you made a gift? Yeah. Now i got to put you on the spot.
1: I, mine was mine was not good I can't make stuff <laughs> mine mine was like uh she really likes Prosecco it's a kind of wine, wine? I guess yeah. um and so I just like got her a bottle of it like rebottled it and like put a a, a label on it so like I don't know if you've ever seen they're like bridal shower gifts um where they're like wine bottles for like the the key moments in life so like no. you open them when you have your first kid or you open it when you have your first fight or some Stupid stuff like that. Okay. I just like gave her one that was like the date we got engaged, and like on the back of it, like there will be many more memories, so there will be many more wine bottles or something like something stupid like that. Oh, and she really enjoyed sweet. it. That's
0: sweet. So Here's it was not. Happy. I like it was it. not a
1: beanie, and it was not crafty of me. No, uh but, but she liked it, so that's all that matters.
0: That's what matters. I got off the hook. Good
1: job. So that was that. But I like the beanie. It came in handy when we were in Chicago. Man, it was cold and rainy there. It was rainy? Yeah. Hmm. It was rainy. It sucked. That stinks. But it was still Chicago, so it was better than 95% of other cities. Probably like 99%. I want to live there someday. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We will be back next week with another podcast. Uh, if Greg wants to join, he has just an open invitation. The chair is his. Sweet. So <clears throat> we will be back next week. Um, keep it with Hale Varsity. Until then, there, there will be basketball stuff going on throughout the week. Um, so just bookmark HaleVarsity.com on your browser. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, I think we're on a couple others, but I don't know what iTunes put this on. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys.